Good afternoon, everyone. Apparently, uh, men are tough nuts to crack when it comes to their dating preferences. Uh, there are men sharing their relationship deal breakers in a revealing Reddit thread, including multiple males ruling out a woman who won't eat peanut butter. Um, we'll explain all that. In the headlines and the updates this Thursday, Sam Bankman frieds lawyer says that the recommended sentence of 100 years in prison for the FTX founder is grotesque and barbaric for cryptocurrency crimes. Authorities say that a mafia member has been sentenced to more than four years in federal prison for his role in a long-running scheme extorting funds from a New York City labor union. The Rangers just continue to stay hot. Artemi Panarin had two goals and an assist. Igor Shosturkin stopped 30 shots. And the Rangers beat the Blue Jackets. And it's the end of an era in Washington, as Mitch McConnell says that he'll step down as the Senate Republican leader in November. The 82-year-old Kentucky lawmaker is the longest-serving Senate leader in history. This is the update, Thursday, February the 29th, 2024. Every city has a story. And in New York City, there just happens to be a lot of them. From the Tommy Lynn stage, this is the update with Brandon Julian. A three-time winner of the Kingsborough Community College Gold Student Service Award. It's everything that you need to know because anything can happen in New York. Greetings and salutations to you all, folks, every last one of you. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the update on a Thursday. A Thursday that is uh, has a taste of winter, uh, even if it's just for a day, those winds making it definitely feel colder than the actual air temperature. And also, this is a leap day. Yes, traditionally, there are only 28 days in February, but on select years and leap years, there are 29 days. So, spare a thought for those people who have leap year birthdays. How does that even work? I honestly have to think about it. Do you celebrate your February, when it's not a leap year, do you celebrate your birthday on February 28th or on March 1st? Hmm. That might be something worth researching about. <laughs> I'm Brandon Julian, of course, folks. We appreciate you so much for being here, wherever you may be, and however, of course, that you may be listening to us. Lots of news, of course, to catch you up on. Uh, we are going to begin this uh, Thursday's proceedings with uh, same Bankman Freed. <clears throat> He's going to be sentenced, of course, very soon for his cryptocurrency crimes. And the prosecution is recommending a sentence of 100 years. 
His lawyer for SBF says that, that recommended sentence is, quote, grotesque and barbaric for the crimes that he's been committed of doing. Uh, Bankman Freed lawyer Mark Molesky uh, filed uh, pre-sentence arguments late uh, on Tuesday in Manhattan Federal Court seeking leniency. He wrote that the long sentence recommended by the court's probation office was improperly calculated. On uh, March 28th, Judge Lewis Kaplan will sentence the man that prosecutors say cheated investors and customers out of at least out of at least $10 billion in businesses that he controlled from 2017 through 2022. Of course, his FTX trading platform collapsed that November. He was brought to the U.S. from the Bahamas for trial and was convicted in November of fraud and conspiracy charges. Now, on to some of the other news of this Thursday. And Ned Blackhawks' The Rediscovery of America, the winner last fall of a National Book Award, is a finalist for a history honor presented by the J. Anthony Lucas Prize Project. Uh, Blackhawks' account of Native American history is among five nominees for the Mark Linton History Prize, a $10,000 award given for work combining, quote, intellectual distinction with felicity of expression. Prize officials also announced finalists for the Lucas Book Prize and a Work in Progress Award for which two winners will each receive $25,000. The winners will be announced on March 19th. We told you about this recently, about at the um, <laughs> at the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Their school is going tuition free, tuition free, thanks to a very generous donation. And we learn now that students there say they can give up their part-time jobs, focus on their studies, and reconsider the kind of medicine that they hope to practice, thanks to said generous donation. Former professor Ruth Gottsman announced on Monday that she's donating a billion dollars, making the school in the Bronx tuition-free. Astonished students and faculty jumped to their feet at the announcement, some of them cheering, some of them in tears. Current tuition at the school is about $63,000, which can leave graduating students with mountains of debt. The Education Data Initiative says that medical graduates, on average, leave with about a little over $202,453 in debt. A man has now pled guilty to the charges that he illegally trafficked birdwing butterflies and other rare insects. Federal prosecutors said yesterday that Charles Limmers is deep Limmers' plea deal calls for a $30,000 penalty, and he had to turn over a collection of a 1,000 butterflies, moths, and other insects. Some of the dried specimens include bird-wing butterflies, which are among the rarest and the largest on the planet Earth. The 75-year-old collector from Long Island faces up to five years in prison when he's sentenced. He was accused of working with overseas collaborators to smuggle the uh, Lepiatra 
specimens. And selling them through his Limerleps account on eBay. Uh, Limerleps' lawyer didn't immediately comment uh, yesterday. Age. It's something that we can't escape along with death and taxes. It may be debated as a liability old age on the presidential campaign trail, but not at the Oscars, apparently. The 83-year-old Hayao Miyazaki is the oldest director ever nominated for Best Animated Film, while Martin Scorsese, at age 81, is the oldest Best Director nominee ever. The 78-year-old Wim, Wim Wenders and the 86-year-old Ridley Scott have also nominated films. We may be living, apparently, in the golden age of the aged filmmaker. We all know filmmaking is a rough-and-tumble business that requires an army of collaborators and millions of dollars. It can also be a grueling endeavor. But more mature movie makers may be working than ever before. Meanwhile, uh, authorities say that a Mafia member has now been sentenced to more than four years in federal prison for his role in a long-running scheme extorting funds from a city labor union. Federal prosecutors in Brooklyn say that Vincent Ricardo, a captain in the Colombo crime family, was also ordered to pay $350,000 in forfeiture and a little near $281,000 in restitution. Ricardo, who is also known as Vinny Unions, pleaded guilty to racketeering last July for his participation in the labor union extortion, as well as money laundering, loan sharking, fraud, and other mob schemes. We learned that Richard Lewis, an acclaimed comedian known for exploring his neuroses and frantic stream of consciousness diatribes, while dressed in all black, lending to his nickname the Prince of Pain, he's died at the age of 76. A regular performer in clubs and late-night TV for decades, Lewis also played Marty Gold, the uh, romantic co-lead opposite Jamie Lee Curtis. In the ABC series, Anything But Love. And of course, the reliably neurotic Prince John in Mel Brooks's Robin Hood, Men in Tights. He reintroduced himself to a new generation opposite Larry David in HBO's His Curb Your Enthusiasm, uh, kvetching regularly. He, of course, will be very deeply missed. In other news, white powder was found yesterday in an envelope addressed to the judge who ordered the former president to pay a $454 million civil fraud judgment. It's the latest security scare involving people in key roles in the former president's legal cases. Uh, court officers greeting mail at Judge Arthur and Goron's Manhattan courthouse opened the envelope around 9.30 in the morning. Police said that some of the powder fell out of the envelope and landed on the officers' pants. A court spokesperson, Al Baker, said the preliminary tests were negative for hazardous substances. 
Baker said that Angoron himself had no exposure to the letter or the powdery substance. The giant meat producer, JBS, apparently was accused of making misleading claims about its greenhouse gas emission goals to boost sales among environmentally conscious consumers in a lawsuit now that's been filed by Attorney General Tish James. The lawsuit filed yesterday in a state court in Manhattan alleges that the company claimed it will achieve net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2040, despite having no viable plan to actually meet that commitment. The lawsuit names as defendants JBS USA Food Company and JBS USA Food Company Holdings. A spokesperson for JBS said that the company disagreed with James's action. You know that uh, President Biden was on late night with Seth Meyers earlier this week. But uh, we also know that the protests over the war in Gaza follows. And the actor Hunter Schaefer was among dozens of war protesters arrested at NBC headquarters during the president's appearance this week. Protest organizers confirmed yesterday the 25-year-old Euphoria star was among more than 100 demonstrators who packed the lobby at 30 Rock on Monday to call for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war. Uh, Schaefer and other protesters wore black shirts reading, Ceasefire Now, while chanting, Let Gaza Live, and holding banners that read, Stop Arming Genocide. The NYPD says at least 30 people were taken into custody and issued summonses for trespassing. To the state capitol in Albany we go now, where Governor Hochul has approved a Democrat-drawn congressional map that gives the party a modest boost in a few battleground districts. The map approved yesterday comes as the parties as candidates are facing a heavily contested election year, in which House races in the state could determine the control of Congress. Lawmakers in the Democrat-dominated State House approved the mapping bill yesterday in both the Senate and the Assembly. Hochul then signed it hours later. The lines are similar to the existing congressional map and the proposal drawn by the state's bipartisan redistricting commission. Yet they appeared far from the aggressive partisan gerrymander that many expected took control of the redistricting process. Meanwhile, uh, back here in the city limits, we all know since uh, the state of New York, they legalized marijuana back in 2021, unlicensed pot shops have proliferated across this city with limited pushback from authorities. Well, on Tuesday, Governor Hochul called on sites such as Yelp and Google Maps to stop listing them and also renewed the calls for the state legislature to beef up enforcement powers and penalties. In a statement, Yelp said that the company believes, quote, consumers have a First Amendment right to read and write about all businesses, even if they're unlicensed. Uh, Google noted that it does remove listings for closed venues.
In other news, uh, a appellate judge is now refused to halt collection of the former president's $454 million civil fraud penalty while he appeals it. The decision leaves the former president less than a month to pay up or secure a bond covering the full amount that he owes. Judge Anil Singh of the state's mid-level appeals court rejected Trump's offer of a $100 million bond. But the judge did offer Trump some leeway that could help him secure the necessary bond before Attorney General James seeks to enforce the judgment starting on March 25th. And finally, uh, Don Henley. He's now finished telling a court why he contends that drafts to lyrics to Hotel California and other classic Eagles songs should have never shown up at auctions. The Eagles' co-founder wrapped up his testimony yesterday at the criminal trial of three collectibles experts charged with a scheme involving roughly 100 handwritten pages. Prosecutors say the three calculated some bogus stories about the documents' ownership history in order to peddle them and parry Henley's demands for them. The defendants, they have pleaded, not guilty. The lyric sheets document the shaping of a roster of 1970s rock hits. Many of those were on the Eagles' huge-selling album, Hotel California. Time for us to step aside momentarily. When we return on the update this Thursday, we have a few important messages to tell you from the MTA. Gonna talk some sports and how the Rangers uh, just continue to stay hot with their win over the Blue Jackets. It's 11 wins in their last 12. We're gonna talk together the latest national news. It's the end of an era in Washington as Mitch McConnell's gonna step down as leader. Uh, this November. But also the Supreme Court, they've agreed to decide on whether the former president can be charged, can be prosecuted actually, on the charges that he interfered with the 2020 election. And at the end of the broadcast today, apparently, men are some tough nuts to crack when it comes to their dating preferences. Uh, men are sharing their relationship deal breakers in a revealing Reddit thread. Well, apparently, multiple men ruling out a woman who won't eat peanut butter. Interesting. <laughs> well, I've got to talk about this and a lot more, too, of course, folks, when the update Brain and Julian returns in just a moment. Brain and Julian. You know, Valentine's Day coming up. We surprise the ones we love with those big red hearts, you know, filled with the gamble chocolate. Think about it. Has anybody ever eaten any chocolate or those with any confidence? You're like, oh, this is either going to be really good or horribly nasty. Guess I'm just big enough to find out. Oh, I got the one filled with toothpaste. Gonna take another nine of those to get rid of that flavor. You know, there's a big red heart filled with the gamble chocolate, otherwise there's the tiny heart-shaped antacids. I know I make you nauseous. Here's a Tums with Hug Me written on it. You know, maybe that'll help. This is the update with Brandon Julian. 
available wherever you listen to podcasts. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. Today I'm going to help parents translate teen slang. Now, when a teen says something is on fleek, it's exactly like saying that's rad. It simply means that something is awesome or cool. Another one is totes. It's exactly like saying totally just shorter. As in, I totes love going to the mall with Becca. Another word you might hear is jelly. Jelly is a shorter better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will think you're um rad just the same. To learn more, visit adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the US Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. From New York, home of your NCAA men's champion, UConn Huskies. This is the Update with Brandon Juliet, available wherever you're listening to podcasts. Keeping an eye on the roads, the rails, and the skies, it's time for Traffic and Weather Together. Through the first half of 2024, F trains will run on the E line at all times in both directions between Rockefeller Center and Jackson Heights Roosevelt Avenue because of track replacement along the 63rd Street line. On weekdays, M trains will not run between Rockefeller Center and Forest Hill 71st Avenue. Trains will run between 57th Street on the F-Line and Metropolitan Avenue. A special F-Shuttle train will run every 20 minutes between Lexington Avenue, 63rd Street, and 21st Street, Queensbridge, stopping at Roosevelt Island. The shuttle train will not run overnight. Free shuttle buses will run between 21st Street Queensbridge and Queens Plaza on days and evenings, and between Roosevelt Island, 21st Street Queensbridge, and Queens Plaza overnight. Through early 2024, Manhattan-bound 7 trains are skipping 111th Street and 82nd Street Jackson Heights because of station improvements. For nearby service, use a Flushing-bound 7 train or use the Q32 or Q48 buses on days and evenings along Roosevelt Avenue. Through the summer of 2024, Manhattan-bound J and Z trains are skipping 75th Street, Elders Lane, and Woodhaven Boulevard because of station improvements. For nearby service, use the Q56 bus making stops along Jamaica Avenue. 
The New York City Police Department would like to remind you to keep your belongings in sight and to stay aware of your surroundings. If you see something suspicious in the station or on the train, tell a police officer or an MTA employee. MTA crews are here to help us get around. Let's treat them with respect. Assaulting a New York City Transit employee is a felony, punishable by up to seven years in prison. The fare on local, limited, and select bus service is $2.90, with the exception of the BX-18A, BX-18B, B-60, M-116, Q-4, Q-4 Limited, S-46, and S-96 Limited until March 30th. Transfers on all other lines must be requested upon payment of the cash fare. For the S-79 Select Bus Service, pay your fare on board the bus. For all other select bus service routes, pay at the kiosk outside and hold your ticket for the duration of your trip. The fare on express buses is $7. Coins are not accepted as a payment on express buses. Now, with the latest scores and highlights, it's time for the sports update. So, a little while ago, I think it feels like it was a couple weeks ago, we told you about how the Knicks lost at the last second against the Rockets. And the Knicks, well, apparently in between, they filed a protest of their loss because of the call that was determined to be incorrect. Well, the NBA took some time to review it, and they denied the Knicks' protest of their loss. Um, and this comes two days, of course, after the Knicks won their game against the Pacers, in large part because of a call that was determined to be incorrect. Uh, the Knicks protested their 105-103 loss to the Rockets back on February 12th. That game ended with Houston's Aaron Holiday making two free throws after officials called a foul on Jalen Brunson with three-tenths of a second remaining. Afterward, referee Ed Malloy said that the contact between the players was marginal and no foul should have been called. However, the NBA says an error by officials isn't grounds to overturn a result. There should have been a foul called on Monday when Dante DiVincenzo crashed into Pistons rookie uh, Asar Thompson's legs on the chaotic final possession, of course, that gave the Knicks the win in that one. Uh, from the hardwood, let's go over to the ice. Uh, Rangers and the Blue Jackets going at it at the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden. Artemi Panarin had a goal, two goals actually, and an assist. Igor Shesterkin stopped 30 shots and the Rangers beat the Blue Jackets 4-1. to Chris Kreider had a goal and an assist and Adam Fox also scored as the Rangers won their sixth in a row at home and it's their 11th win in their last 12. The Rangers, first in the Eastern Conference, also improved to 12-2-1 in their last 15 games, three nights after having their 10-game winning streak snapped by Columbus on Sunday. 
Kreider and Panarin scored empty netters 41 seconds apart in the final minute. Kreider got his 30th, and Panarin increased his career best total to 35. Uh, Cole Sillinger scored for Columbus, and Elvis Meslelkins, uh, Mers Elkins, there we go, <laughs> finished with 26 saves. Columbus, which is dead last in the East, have now lost five of their last eight. And uh, north of the border in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, uh, Islanders and the um, and uh, try that again. Islanders and the Senators uh, going up north of the border. Uh, Gabby Hughes scored the game winner with 4:06 remaining in the third to lead Ottawa to a 4-2 win over the Islanders. Uh, Savannah Harmon, uh, Fanny Garat Gasparics, and Lexi Azuja with an empty net goal, also scored for Ottawa. Uh, Ermanzi Merchmeyer stopped 24 shots. Hughes scored the winner off of her backhand from in close, sending the 6,889 in TD place to their feet. Uh, Chloe Award and Jamie Borbonis scored for New York, while Abigail Levy made uh, 21 saves. I think this might be the professional women's hockey league because uh, I just double checked. It feels like this is all women's names. I should have checked it before I even put it in the script. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that's my mistake. Uh, it's an end of an era in uh, in Washington. As we're going to tell you about, there are fire wildfires scorching the Texas Panhandle. And in the American West, crowds are lining up to see and smell the rare blooming and endangered tropical flower that releases, of course, that pungent odor after several years when it opens. Going to tell you about that and more because national news, it is next for us around here. Uh, when the update of Brandon Julian continues. But first, ladies and gentlemen, we do have to let you know about the following. Where has the time gone? I really hope that I didn't write that line. Did I write that line? Well, maybe I actually did. We're now celebrating seven years of this program, seven long <laughs> news-filled years. My producers who look for any excuse to hold a celebration are having one every weekend as we go into the update archives to play you an episode from throughout the many years of this program. And then on the weekends, also once a month, We'll play an episode from my list of personal favorites throughout the many years of this program, as I explain to you why that particular episode is one of my favorites. So every weekend, dig into the update archives with us to remember where you were when this particular episode aired. And then once a month, the list of my favorite episodes as well. Keep listening on the weekends because it'll be a party that you will never forget. Unless, of course, you can't actually remember it from, well, you know, the night before. <laughs> 
You know, as I was growing up, my mother told me to always uh, wipe my hand, wipe my feet on the mat before I go into the studio. Well, Mom, this one's for you. <laughs> There's a lot more show to stick around and listen to as the update with Brandon Julian. We'll be right back after these messages. Brandon Julian. You know, folks, if you really do think about it in this day and age, it's a good thing that we can't report people that we don't like to 911 or the police. Can you imagine how that call would go? Yeah, it'd be like, 911, what's your emergency? Yeah, that lady Carol is at the barbecue again. <laughs> This is the update with Brandon Julian, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, Dad, how do airplanes fly? What's in this box? Can I touch this? Where does sand come from? Is this tree good for climbing? What happens if I mix these two things together? How are babies made? What does this thing do? Kids are curious about everything, including guns. Talking to them about gun safety in your home is a good first step, but you can do more. Always keep your guns locked, unloaded, and stored separately from ammunition. Storing your guns securely is the best way to prevent family fire, including unintentional shootings. For more information on safe gun storage and ways to keep your family safe, visit endfamilyfire.org. That's endfamilyfire.org. What do we keep in the attic? What's this thing called? Can I ride my bike backwards? Like I said, kids are curious. It's up to us to keep them safe. Brought to you by N Family Fire, Brady, and the Ad Council. From New York, the V stands for value. This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Thursday, everyone. Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us, even though it does feel a bit like winter out there. But we're about to jump into spring, at least meteorolog meteorological spring. I need to learn how to pronounce that word. It's a real tongue twister. <laughs> and at least the cold will not stick around long. It's just for today, and then we will slowly progress and get warmer. Anyway, folks, let us talk together right now, of course, the latest national news. And we are going to begin, of course, in Washington. Where the Supreme Court, they have agreed to decide... Uh, whether the former president can actually be prosecuted on the charges that he interfered with the 2020 election. The court will hear arguments in April with a decision likely no later than the end of June. The justice's order yesterday maintains a hold on preparations uh, for a trial focused on Trump's efforts to overturn his election loss. The uh, timetable, it's uh, much faster than usual, but assuming the justices deny Trump's immunity bid, it's not clear whether a trial can be scheduled and concluded prior to the election. 
Early voting in some states will begin in September. Trump's lawyers have sought to put off the trial until after the election concludes. In other news, we're going to go down to Canadian in Texas and talk about the weather, which we only address on this show, as you know, when the weather is bad, and it definitely is down there. A cluster of wildfires is scorching the Texas panhandle. One of those blazes has grown into the largest in state history. An 83-year-old grandmother from the tiny town of Stinnett was a lone confirmed fatality yesterday. Flames have blackened the landscape across a vast stretch of small towns and cattle ranches. Authorities warned that the damage to communities on the high plains could be extensive. The largest fire has expanded to nearly 1,300 square miles. It has jumped into parts of neighboring Oklahoma. Texas A&M Forest Service says that the flames are only about 3% contained. Back in Washington is going to be the end of an era this November. As Mitch McConnell says, he's going to be stepping down as the Senate Republican leader. That The 82-year-old Kentucky lawmaker is the longest-serving Senate leader in history. He's maintained his power in the faces of dramatic changes in the Republican Party. He made the announcement yesterday on the Senate floor. He said that, quote, one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. McConnell says he plans to serve out his Senate term, which ends in January in 2027. Quote, a bleed from a different seat in, in the chamber. Out to the American West we go now, to San Francisco, where the crowds have lined up there to see and also smell the rare, blooming, and endangered tropical flower that releases, releases a pungent odor when it opens once every several years. The corpse flower began blooming on Tuesday afternoon at the California Academy of Sciences, the flower blooms for one to three days, once every seven to ten years. During the bloom, it releases a powerful smell that's been described by some as rotting food or sweaty socks. It was the first bloom for the flower known as Mirage. The corpse flower is native to the Indonesia island of Sumatra. Uh, recently, we told you about how Wendy's, they were considering increasing the prices of their food at the busiest times of day, or depending on the location. Well, now they say that they have no plans to do so, at least increase prices at the busiest time at their restaurants. The burger chain, they clarified their stance on how we'll approach pricing after various media reports said that the company was looking to test having the prices, the prices of its menu items fluctuate throughout the day based on demand. Wendy said that its digital menu boards, quote, could allow us to change the menu offerings at different times of day and offer discounts and value offers to our customers more easy, easily, particularly in slower times of the day. 
And finally, uh, we've learned that Stacy Wakefield, the widow of former Red Sox pitcher and uh, two-time World Series champion Tim Wakefield, has died. Her family said in a statement released through the Red Sox that she died yesterday at her Massachusetts home less than five months after her husband died at the age of 57. Uh, online records say that Stacy Wakefield was 53 years old. The family mentioned a diagnosis but didn't provide a cause of death. Tim's former Red Sox teammate Kurt Schilling said on a podcast that both of the both of the Wakefields, have been diagnosed with cancer. The news came out with an outpouring support for the Wakefields and also criticism for Schilling. She'll be deeply missed. Let's face it, folks. Men are not exactly the easiest person, people, I should say, to be, um, to talk to. And they're also tougher to crack when it comes to their dating preferences. They're sharing their relationship deal breakers in a revealing Reddit thread, including, like we've said before, multiple males ruling out a woman who will not eat peanut butter. I think this is going to be really interesting for you to hear. I will tell you about it because your honorable mention is next when the update of Brandon Julian continues. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third-generation race car driver, and we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. My Grandpa Lou is the reason why my dad and I started racing, and I'm really proud to follow on his tracks. But when my Grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. I've learned a lot on this journey with my Grandpa Lou, and the memories of my Grandpa will always be with me. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Talking about Alzheimer's can be really tough. But if you notice something, have a conversation with your loved one. Encourage them to see a doctor or offer to go with them. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. The Alzheimer's Association provides care, support, and research to help you take control of the situation with your family and manage the disease together. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. Visit alz.org slash time to talk. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Brandon Julian. You know, every day, folks, in this studio, while I give the news to you, I ponder sometimes the questions of the universe that many people wonder and want answers to. Like, for example, why can't I wear white after Labor Day? I bet you never thought of that one, huh? This is the update with Brandon Julian. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back uh, to the update, Brandon Julian, on a Thursday, everyone. Leap Day 2024. <laughs> Thank you so much, of course, folks, for still being here with us. You know, folks, we have just enough time left today, of course, for your honorable mention. Like I said before, folks, men are kind of tough nuts to crack when it comes to their uh, dating uh, preferences. Before on this program, folks, I have been, now this is, we're about, we're entering our eighth year doing this program now. 
If you had a job for eight years, you would know the job inside and out, backwards and forwards, wouldn't you? Well, I can honestly sit here and say that even being a host of this program for going into our eighth year now, I've been in with... I've been with my wife for nearly six years, and I still sometimes feel like I don't know more about her than the day that I got into a relationship with her. But yes, apparently even fussy fellas, they're sharing their relationship deal breakers in a revealing Reddit thread. Like we said before, with multiple males ruling out a woman who won't eat peanut butter. Uh, posting on the board are Axe Men, a user by the name of uh, Cocaine Panda. Yes, that's a real Reddit name. We checked. <laughs> Posed the following question. What is one compromise you're not willing to have in a relationship? And the results, they varied wildly, proving that there really are different strokes for different folks. One nutty man said that he wouldn't date a woman, quote, severely allergic to peanut butter because I'm like physically 99% peanut butter at this point. And another person agreed. Another fastidious fellow said he couldn't romance a woman who was allergic to cats. Meanwhile, many men said that eight open relationships were big no-nos, while others claimed they wouldn't date a woman who was a cheater and not just a physical one. Someone wrote, quote, Emotion also, emotional cheating is real. It's not okay. You're not just friends. The number of partners I've had to try to justify it was crazy. If you won't cheat sexually, if you wouldn't cheat sexually, I should say, don't do it emotionally. It's painful. Uh, other blokes bellowed that they wouldn't date a lady who wasn't okay with them having female friends. Uh, whether a woman wanted children or not was also a big deal breaker for many men. Some men said they'd only date a woman who wanted kids, while others would only date a woman who didn't want any. Other dating deal breakers were spotty texting habits, ladies who don't want sex, and women without an agreement on how to handle each other's in-laws. And while several women wouldn't date a woman who smoked, one man wanted a literal smoke show. This man declared, quote, I am going to smoke in my home. I will smoke my pipe or cigar in the warmth of my own home, and I will not go outside. Apparently also being friends with an ex was also a red flag for many men. But online decorum, it mattered as well. One man said he wasn't a fan of women posting sexy pictures online or doing any kind of sex work. Another guy said he could only date a woman who followed his religion. Another person countered, claiming that they couldn't date a lady who was religious at all. And one single stud stated that he had so many pet peeves that he didn't want to bother with a lady at all. He griped, oh, there are so many, so many that a relationship will probably never work out. But I mean, who, I mean, who knows? Maybe you just might find the one for you if not with a female that maybe you could try with the, see what happens with the opposite sex. I mean, I mean who knows? I knew before I got with my wife, I had a backbone, and I knew that I had testicles.
I knew I had a backbone because I had an x-ray. And I knew I used to have testicles because I used to make my own decisions. There were times I could go the whole day not to be offensive to other people without help from a girl. Then all of a sudden, I got in a relationship and nearly got in with my current wife and my brain just went, uh, I'm like, huh? I can't even look, leave the house without calling my wife and just being like, do I look all right? And I love when she, I, I get this response from her, like, you're not going to wear that, are you? I'm like, no. Like, no. No, I, I no, I got lost in the closet. And you weren't around to help me. So this was right next to what you wanted me to wear. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go change now. <laughs> I will let you guys ponder on this as we say in the words of Walter Cronkite, that's the way it is. Thursday, February the 29th, 2024. That is the update on this Thursday and on this leap day. I'm Brandon Julian. We appreciate you being here with us. A Halloween of 2017. You may remember that as the day of that terror attack near the World Trade Center. That's the next up on my list of favorite episodes in the month of March, going back to year one of this program. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about that when you can listen to it, when we actually cross over into March, which is, uh, checks my watch, is tomorrow. So, you know, we'll tell you about it then. Uh, so until you get warmed up after the weather being so frightful outside, <laughs> in the words, of course, of Roger Grimsby and Bill Butel, hopefully that your news, folks, it will be good news. I thank you very much for joining me. Good luck. Be safe. And, you know, most importantly, folks, please, uh, please be well. And, uh, honey, why don't you start digging out the pool? I'll be home in about an hour. <laughs> we cross over into a new Monday in March starting tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun. Let's talk about that and a lot more, too, as the weather slowly starts to get warmer. When I see all of you for a getaway Friday in the first day of a new month in uh, the big town. See you then. <laughs> See you then.